0: Seth Spins contains mild adult language. The views of the members of this podcast do not reflect the views of Viking Fusion or Viking Fusion staff. Viewer discretion is advised. Alrighty, uh, hello everyone. Um, If you're new here, welcome to Seth Spins. This is season two of my uh, personal podcast that I do regarding anything music related. So that can be anything regarding music or production or specific songs, albums, anything like that. Um, If you're not new here and you've been watching since season one, uh, first of all, thank you for coming back. I really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to be switching up the style a little bit, so I just want to take a couple of minutes to sort of get out there what's changed overall within the format. Um, Today we're going to be talking about uh, sort of putting playlist links into the bio where you see the video so if, it, or for the uh, sound recording, so if you want to see the playlist for the podcast, you're more than welcome to click that. Um, I'm going to be refreshing the playlist this season, so it's going to be a total wipe of the old songs, and I'm going to bring in some new stuff. Um, and then I'm going to be talking about uh, some genre variety switching regarding uh, what I used to put into the playlist and what I'm going to start putting into the playlist. And then as for songs, we're gonna be discussing uh, The Hounds of Love by Kate Bush and talking about how that album and that song itself takes advantage of the medium that it is in. We're going to be talking about Refused New Noise and we're gonna be talking about how that song and that album defy genre expectations. And we're gonna be talking about SZA's Love Galore and talking about writing and the power of genius to learn more about songs. So to start out with, Um, As for Season 2, Episode 1, I'm going to start including, and I meant to do this earlier, we're going to start doing an inclusion of a playlist link into the bio of wherever you find the podcast, whether that be VikingFusion.com or a SoundCloud link. Um, And that's just so it's much easier to get to the playlist, because as of right now, I've just been having to give it to people personally. I'm going to start putting it in my Instagram bio, at Seth Chambliss, though, T-H-O, Um, and I'm also gonna start putting it in the bio. So if you're ever interested in seeing anything that I talk about on the podcast, I'm going to make sure to put it in there so that anybody who's interested can take a look. Um, I'm going to be refreshing the playlist. Now, this seems like an interesting idea because I think a lot of people would think that the best way to go about it would be to just make a running list where every season you would just continue to add on and on and on onto what you've previously put. But I thought about it over quarantine and a little bit before and after, and I decided that the best possible option would be to refresh. Now, I want to explain why. Um, First of all, I think I sort of hit a loop where I was sort of falling into a structure where I kept putting the same types of songs and the same types of music in there to try to fit a sort of general vibe or aesthetic, and I don't think that's the best possible way to go about this because there's probably many different types of demographics that are listening to this podcast, and I just want to... Instead of catering it towards me or to anybody else, I just want it to be a general audience kind of thing. So I want to you know, put in as many different things as possible. So I wanted to refresh the playlist. Some old songs may come back in. It should be mostly new stuff at this point. Um, and I'm just going to be adding like three songs or so every week to sort of get everything across in just a nice, consistent, clean format for anybody to enjoy. So we're going to be refreshing the playlist. Um, and then to go along with that, I'm going to be adding some more genre variety uh, this go-around. So as I previously mentioned, it was starting to veer into a specific aesthetic, and I think that aesthetic was very, like, indie pop, a little bit of punk influence, and I think that's just very restrictive, um, and I want to start adding some more genres. And I've actually written a note here that says that I want to talk about at least a couple different genres. So I want I want to start going into more pop that is not quite as punk infused I want to bring much much more hip-hop into the discussion because I think it's severely underrated Um, not just popular hip-hop but more underground stuff too Um, I want to talk more about R&B because it's a personal favorite of mine and because I think it's just really really interesting there's definitely some of that this episode Um, I have put also some punk like some actual hardcore punk into there because I think it's really fun and really intriguing and interesting to listen to and I just think people would enjoy it if anybody. Um, I want to put a little bit more funk, a little bit more soul, a little bit more folk in there too just because I want to get more familiar with those genres and I'm sure people would appreciate that kind of stuff. Um, maybe throw in jazz. I just want to bring in as many different genres that people love to listen to as possible so that anyone can grab something from this podcast. If if anybody grabs one song from this, it makes me happy. makes them happy. And it makes me love doing what I do. Um, so that should be all of the updates regarding the podcast. Again, uh, thank you if you're a new listener. Thank you if you're a returning listener. Um, and we can just hop right into it. So for the first song, I decided um, a couple of months ago to listen to Kate Bush. I had heard about her a long time ago, and um, to give some background, she is, uh, she's she been around for a long, long time. She made music back in the 70s all the way up to, I believe, 2011. So it's been a, it's been a long, long time. But back in around the late 70s, early 80s, she was in her prime, everybody was listening to her, she was making several number one hits in the UK and with her fifth album, uh, Hounds of Love, she struck a gold mine, in a sense. She managed to get four hits on the radio out of a nine track album, five of which were pop songs, which is just an incredibly consistent ratio in my opinion, knowing that 80% of the songs designed to be hits on your album ended up going viral back then in the 80's, which is easier said than done. Um, so, for this album, it was actually a double album. So the concept of a double album being that you can have wholly different concepts within your album so that it's not just one consistent style, genre, format, this, that, and the other. So for example, uh, The Clash's London Calling is a double album because it changes sort of focus over time. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert's Eternal take, Deluxe is a double album. That's a much more recent example. Um, so they're, they're all over the place, but um, any genre can benefit from it, just changing up the general aesthetic of what they're listening to. Um, but for this album, uh, Kate Bush decided to front load it. So for the first side, uh, this is back when records were still huge. So for the first side of the album, "The Hounds of Love," she decided to go for a, to embrace a fully pop direction. So uh, for the first five songs, it is all um, designed to be radio hits, just designed to be very bright and fun songs that are just incredibly um, enjoyable to listen to. Um, And then she has a second side of the album, which is not part of the album title, but is still very, very interesting, and I do recommend, called The Ninth Wave. And it takes a much more storytelling approach. Um, It's seven songs, and I just think it's a really interesting uh, sort of flip on something so popular to know that the second half is this totally different genre shift that would not go on the radio, but is still extremely interesting and successful today. But the song I wanted to talk about is called Running Up That Hill, uh, and in parentheses, A Deal With God. It was the first massive single from that album. It's just a very enjoyable listen. I think anybody who listens to it would enjoy it if they're interested in genuinely good 80s music. If you enjoy 80s pastiche, I think you'd also enjoy it, in all honesty. Um, I think it's just a song that most people would love to hear, Um, so I wholeheartedly recommend that. And uh, just listening through the first half in general, I think, would be an extremely enjoyable time for anybody who's interested. Um, But I wholeheartedly recommend her music. Um, The album Hounds of Love in its entirety is incredible. Um, The Dreaming is also a very good album. I believe it's the album Prior. Um, And her whole discography is very interesting. So I haven't fully worked through it, but I think it's very interesting and that people would enjoy what they have to hear. Um, And you might come away loving her music. I sure did myself. Um, switching topics entirely, um, I decided uh, to switch up genres a little bit, so I wanted to just throw a hard curveball and include a hardcore punk song. So um, back in the 90s, we had this band called Refused. Now, Refused is a Swedish punk band with, America, uh, with English-speaking uh, singers, um, and it is sort of it used to just be a re- sort of a regular band back in the late 80s, early 90s that was just making punk music to make punk music. It wasn't really breaking any boundaries or anything like that. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, for sure, but it wasn't anything that was making waves in any way, shape, or form. But um, their third album, which I believe came out in the late 90s, um, it's called The Shape of Punk to Come, and it's a... Um, the album cover in the title is a reference to the shape of jazz to come which was sort of a play on words and also to show that they wanted to make something that would shake up the entire genre of punk at the time which used to be very uh, it was stagnating at the time and they wanted to create something that was much more interesting and something that people would in- legitimately enjoy listening to um so the song I wanted to talk about and how it defied genre expectations is "New Noise." Now, this was the big hit, and I believe it was 1997, 8 when this sort of hit the airwaves. Um, it defies genre expectations because when you think of punk, you think of screaming vocals and you think of uh, loud guitars and you think of political rebellion and uh, you know late teenaging, like like just just wholehearted rebellion. That's what anybody would think of when they think of punk music. And to be sure, that's all there in spades here. But I think there's also some really interesting uh, musical passages, instrumental passages um, that very much shake up the genre and they're things that you would not expect, but they're things that are very, very enjoyable to hear and I think really sets it apart from other stuff. Uh, The song New Noise um, incorporates a little bit of like freeform jazz into the music. So there's like this very interesting passage where it just does like a really long ascending and descending section, which you would not expect from a punk song. Um, there's a couple other songs that I believe. throw are a little bit of like techno and like industrial influence, which is also just incredibly odd to hear. But it's really, really interesting and works really, really well with the music. Um, So I think that'd just be something really interesting to hear if you're ever at all interested. Um, And then going off of that, I wanted to include an R&B song that I just have personally enjoyed. Um, This is SZA's Love Galore. Um, Now this is a very recent song from SZA. It came out in, I believe, 2017 um, off of TDE Records. You might have heard of Kendrick Lamar. You might have heard of Schoolboy Q. You might have heard of... J-Rock Absol. This is just a great collective of rappers and uh, she joined I believe in the early 2010s bringing in their first female vocalist and also their first R&B artist and she has actually been very very popular over the last couple years because she makes music that's very very interesting to listen to and something that I personally enjoy about what she makes is that she writes in a specific way that I think a lot of songwriters don't tend to do, and it's really hard to explain unless you read the lyrics, and that's why I wanted to bring in um, sort of a, um, don't mind me, I'm just thinking for a second. I I wanted to bring in some uh, genius annotations because I think they're really, really interesting. So on YouTube you can look up Genius and they will have all of these different uh, videos up of artists explaining their own music. Now this can be really really interesting when you think of songs and albums that you listen to because most of the time you have to make your own meaning out of what you hear. You do not have a storyline to read from. and You don't have this like overarching text that can sort of tell you exactly what this or that means. But if you get to read an annotation over any specific song you can immediately figure out exactly what the artist's intention is because they themselves are telling you what you're listening to and what that means to them. So I wanted to read um, just one example. Um, So this is from a lyric that says, why do you bother me when you know you don't want me? Why do you bother me when you know you have a woman? And uh, SZA said in her genius annotation, I'm just going to read the text version. Why? Why? I literally don't understand. It's my number one question in terms of why are you bothering me? We don't want to do anything but um, be together. We all know this is not happening today. Why don't we just reconvene? Never or I don't even know. Why waste my time? Or unless you want to be friends and smoke and hang out and giggle, there's no point. It doesn't make any sense and if you have another girl and on top of that you're lying, then it's all these giggles for nothing. I'm not in the business of giggling for nothing. Now, that may not mean something to most people, but it does give you a very good idea of why she wrote the song in that specific way to her. And it just brings a whole new light to what you're listening to, and I think it just highlights how interesting both her as a songwriter is, and for anybody else who makes genius annotations. I just think that specific song has some very, very interesting writing, and hearing her take on what she's writing was just very, very uh, enlightening to be able to see, um, and I do want to highlight real quickly uh, just one of my favorite passages from the song, um, and it's talking about um, this is all about talking uh, about um, talking to to another man and sort of being in a relationship on the side. That's sort of the general vibe of the entire track. Um, very new wave R and B inspired, um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of funk in there. Um, Just very, very interesting to listen to. I'm sure most people would enjoy it. Um, But part that I really, really like, and I just think highlights her interesting songwriting, is uh, promise I won't cry over spilled milk. Give me a paper towel. Give me another Valium. Give me another hour or two, hour with you. I think most people would write that very, very differently than the way she did. But it's very, very intriguing to see how she can use very few words that mean a lot to her personal experience and to sort of relate that to other people. I just think that's totally worth checking out. So if you're ever interested in listening to something r related that I personally enjoy, that you personally enjoy, um, then I would highly, highly recommend that. Um, and just a quick one-off note that I want to include. Um, I personally think anybody who's interested in just some really nice pop music that's uh, just really, really fun and enjoyable and uh, makes you happy to listen to and you can just put on it anytime whatsoever, um, I would personally recommend Harry Styles' last album. It's from last year. It's called Fine Line. Um, it's just a very, very nice sort of retro take on pop music that. Uh, Brings up ideas from the 80s a little bit, so think of like Peter Gabriel, if you've ever heard of Peter Gabriel, he's an 80s songwriter, Um, he's actually mentioned that uh, Sledgehammer is his favorite song of all time, so if you listen to that song you can sort of get an idea of what he sort of enjoys in music. But um, I'm sure a lot of people have listened to this album, but I do think it's worth listening to at least the first couple of songs. You've probably heard Watermelon Sugar, you've probably heard Adore You, but it's worth listening to songs like Golden or Lights Up or Falling just to sort of get an idea of why he is so pervasive in our culture past One Direction's fall. Um, and I truly think that he has a great career ahead of him as a solo songwriter. I think he stands on his own, on his own merits. And can make songs that genuinely anyone can enjoy, regardless of if you were a fan of One Direction or if you're a fan of him whatsoever. I do think it's worth listening to outside of that context as well. Um, but that's pretty much all I had for today. I wanted to keep it pretty short because I don't want this to seem uh, daunting to anybody who may be new. I just wanted to give some quick updates and some quick sort of analyses of several different songs just to sort of get the ball rolling. Um, I'm gonna make sure to put the link in uh, the bio just to make sure anybody can listen to it. Um, the songs I mentioned in this episode were SZA's Love Galore, which is S-Z-A, and then Love Galore, um, Refused, New Noise, R-E-F-U-S-E-D, New Noise, and uh, the last song I uh, mentioned was Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God. A Deal With God is in parentheses. So if you're ever interested, I highly recommend checking those out. Um, I'm, going to do, I'm going to be doing this podcast every week for anybody that's new. Um, that's definitely a lot more common than I used to be doing, so these are going to be a little bit shorter, but I think they're going to be more interesting and more impactful and are going to have quicker, tighter points just to get people intrigued into what they might listen to. Um, I might also throw a couple of extra songs in there that um, either guests might talk about or that just come up in my mind but I don't really have anything to say that might be new or intriguing. So I'll throw stuff in there every once in a while. And uh, just to be forewarning, um, it is an explicit playlist. So um, if you wanna listen to a song and have it be clean, you might have to look up the clean version. um, So you can check the playlist, look at the uh, title of the song and then find a clean version of that song if you're so inclined to do so. Um, But I think that's all I have for today. So I want to thank anybody for listening. Uh, I hope you all come back for the next episode. Um, Thank you so much and have a good day.